Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Paddler's Playbook, a kayak fishing experience. Brought to you by Mariner Sales, providing the largest selection of kayaks and kayak accessories since 1975. Real sportswear, get out on the water and wear what the guides wear. Galveston Redfish Series, the largest, most affordable redfish series on the Gulf Coast. Sign up today. Pure Fishing, home to the world's most trusted fishing brands. Now it's time to sit back, relax, and enjoy the paddle with your host, Drew Turner. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to Podcast Land. I'm your host, Drew Turner, and this is another edition of the Paddler's Playbook coming to you from the Mariner Sales Studio here in Conroe, Texas. Guys, how are you doing? How's everybody feeling? I've been feeling pretty good. You know, I got out to the fishing show, picked up the new Pro Plus hoodie. I know you guys hear me talking about it a lot, but that shirt was, I don't want to say the absolute star of the fishing show, but there was more than a handful of people came up to me talking about the shirt, talking about how they went to the Real Sportswear booth, telling me they met Andrew, they bought some stuff. And even people, when I was walking around the show, you know, I had to I had to put the shirt straight on. They said, I know what booth you got that from, man. I saw those shirts over there. So they're pretty sweet, man. I, I got to test it out, got to fish a little bit with my buddy Rex. Um, Robert Fields was out there with us as well. I got to see the new kayak, the Nomad from Lightning Kayaks. I can't say a whole lot about it other than you guys are going to like it. It's got some similarities to a very popular hull. That's all I'm going to say. Um, it's got some design features that are that are similar. Um, but it's a brand new boat with new concepts on the deck and everything else. Um, it's a really, really cool boat. They're made here in the United States, and actually, they're molded here in Texas, so I don't know if you guys know that. Um, there's some people doing some roto molding now here in Houston, so there'll be some uh, other kayaks that are going to be roto molded here in Houston as well, but I got to get out and fish with those guys, and I had a great trip. I was able to hook into some absolute beasts. The fishing wasn't great. It was a little bit windier than I wanted it to be, and the tide was just gone. When I say gone, it was the lowest that I've seen this area in two, three years. Like, it was extremely low tide. The water was rushing out of the marsh. It wasn't like we had a strong north wind or anything. It was just a really strong tide. And I struggled at first because... The normal spots here in this area that I like to do, I like to get over and find this one particular shoreline and stand up and sight cast the shoreline. Well, the water was out so far that I could not effectively work this shoreline. So I had to go to plan B. And my plan B was find where the water is leaving the back lakes. So I found where the Water was leaving the back lakes, and I found the fish. Just found when there was current. There was so much water gone out of this lake that it was just funneling all of the bait fish that were left. It was funneling all of the smaller fish that were left in this back lake out of the back lake because there just wasn't enough water back there. And I did pretty well. I hammered him pretty good. Caught a nice 33-inch marsh donkey that had me turned around in the kayak and flipped around. The water was moving so hard, it was actually easier for me to just pull up in this sandy area and park the kayak to fish this funnel coming out of the back lake into the channels. So I just parked there, and I threw to my left, and I ended up landing it turning backwards. I got some pretty cool GoPro footage of that. I'm sure if you guys follow me on social media, you'll be able to see all that. And speaking of social media, if you do not already follow the Redfish Network, 
head over to the Redfish Network on Facebook. Like us there. Make sure to like us on Facebook, The Paddler's Playbook. Find us on Instagram. If you're watching on Instagram, if you're watching on Facebook, you probably already know this, but we have some new 2023 Pro Staff fishing jerseys available for order. Now, if you don't do social media, that's fine. You may not know about this, but if you are interested in a Pro Staff fishing jersey, custom with your name on the back, it has Paddler's Playbook logo on the front, Mariner Sales logo, Action Hat, Real Sportswear, Sticky Fish. It's got all kinds of cool logos on it. If you are interested in that and you do not have social media, you can always email the show at paddlersplaybook at gmail.com, and I can send you over the link to order. The shirts are $65 for these jerseys. They are shipped to your door, and they come custom with your name on the back. I didn't even mention the best thing about these jerseys. They are printed in the good old U.S. of A. They're printed in Florida. Sticky Fish is in Florida. She's helped us with a lot of different stuff over the years. If you have any bro staff decals, that's where they come from. So make sure if you would like a 2023 bro staff fishing jersey, check out the social media or email me at paddlersplaybook at gmail.com or send me a private message. We'll get you one of those shirts. Guys, if you don't want to buy a jersey and you want to support the show, head on over to Patreon. Um, you can become a elite bro staff member, a pro bro staff member, or the king of the bro staff there. Um, just helps with operating costs and things like that. Same things with the jersey. A portion of that jersey is going to go back to the show, operating costs, platform, you know, hosting, different software we use. But everything that is put into the show by you guys goes back out of the show to the bro staff as well. So I hope to see a lot of orders coming in for those bro staff fishing jerseys. The last little bit of housekeeping before we get into show stuff. If you guys haven't noticed, it's Wednesday and the Paddler's Playbook usually drops on Tuesday. Well, I'm switching it up. I think I'm going to go to Wednesdays or Thursdays. I think it's going to be Wednesdays, though. It's just a little easier with my schedule, and it's easier with getting guests uh, to come on. Just It just works out a little better. So looks like it's going to be Wednesdays from now on. If you guys are so used to Tuesdays, I'm really sorry, but we're going to start dropping every Wednesday. Now, last but not least... I think after this show, I may have figured out what boat I'm going with for 2023. Uh, this interview, I don't want to say it's convinced me, but in doing research for this interview, talking to some people, talking to some pro staff guys, talking to guys at Mariner Sales... I think I might be headed up to Dallas really, really, really soon to pick up a new boat with a motor, fully rigged out, and I'll let you guys guess on what boat that's going to be. Just listen to the episode, send me a message, say, hey, I know what you're going to do. You're going to do this, this, and this, and just let me know. Hope you guys enjoyed this interview. I had a lot of fun with Derek Brundle. Um, he's a guy from the Northeast, really, really cool guy, really good interview, gives some really good information. Speaking of new boats, I've already kind of talked about Mariner Sales. Jess, what's going on with our other sponsors? Hey, bro staff, another successful fishing show is in the books. And as usual, there were some great finds and some even better people. My buy or the whole event were the two Pro Plus women's shirts I picked up. Let me tell you guys, it's like a fishing shirt and some bamboo sheets had a stylish baby. So soft and lightweight. 
you'll want to wear these bad boys all the time. Or at least I know I have been. And me and my fancy new shirts will hopefully be seen May 7th at the Harbor Walk Marina in Hitchcock, Texas for the very first and hopefully not the last ladies tournament brought to you by GRS. Ladies, they have put a lot of time and effort into giving women in this sport their time to shine. So show up and show out. Boys, we didn't forget about you. I promise. GRS has a tournament for you too. It's the number one in the GRS series and it's April 15th, also at the Harbor Walk Marina. Make sure you log in to GalvestonRedFishSeries.com and register today. And now that I've provided you with some justification for buying some new fishing gear, how about logging into purefishing.com and landing yourself a new Abu Garcia Vengeance bait cast combo on sale now from $99.95 to $69.95. Deal ends March 31st. Or you can shop the Pure Fishing Markdown items. Brands like Penn and Abu Garcia are there as well. You gotta spend some money to make some money, bro staff. And that's all for me. I'm Salt Side Jess, and I'll see you in the winner's circle. As always, thank you, Jess, for giving us all that information. I'm looking forward to seeing the results from that ladies' tournament for the Galveston Redfish Series. They're talking about may, they may do more than one. They may do two or three a year if they can get some good participation. So ladies, get out there and get signed up for that ladies' Galveston Redfish Tournament Series. Now, I won't say speaking of ladies, but I will say speaking of tournaments, I got my man Derek Brundle on the show today. We're going to have some fun. We're going to talk a little bit about New Canoe. We're going to talk about, about a little bit about some of the tournaments he has coming up. Um, he's been on the show before, so Derek, I'm not going to ask you about your favorite memory. You already, already told us about taking your teacher out out fishing and everything but man what's been going on with you anything anything new fun and exciting i you know just just trying to do the thing man you know i mean we we kicked this year off down in florida in january for the uh kbf events and i was in the 10 this year so that was cool um yeah then we came back and uh basically turned around went straight back down to uh south carolina for the lake murray events down there uh had a good good couple of tournaments there and uh yeah man just you know how it is it's trying to stay away from this freezing cold weather up here <laughs> uh you know it's funny though because last weekend um so i do a local you know bass trail up here and they do a monthly event which is just like a kbf monthly event where you you know you compile your fish for the month only in this event you have to compile your fish all in one week you have to choose week one week two week three or week four only and that's all you get to fish for the month um i thought i would be slick and sign up for the first week because i got so much going on we're going back down to uh, south carolina for another tournament but i figured hey let's do the first week get set up set the bar and of course the storm started rolling in snowstorm <laughs> sleet uh yes. just the gross the grossness that you know the northeast is known for um, but last Saturday I went out and it was blowing like 35, it was like 35 degrees. It was snowing, it was sleeting, it was raining. Um, but like it was icicles hanging off your nose. It was crazy, crazy cold, but I ended up putting up like 98 and a half inches. It was ridiculous. The bite was completely on fire. Um, so I'm glad I did, but yeah, it was, it's, it's, it's it's a different breed up here, that's for sure. <laughs> I, I was going to say, we talked a little bit before we started recording, and uh, there, and I, I say this to a lot of people, there are places in the United States where you do not have to deal with any of that. <laughs> like, you can move to places within the yep. same country that you don't have to deal with ice or anything like that. Um, one, one of them is, is here in Texas. Like, you can just, you can come here, you can fish all kinds of, lakes you know you can sure. hit the coast you can do everything yeah. and you don't have to deal with that freezing negative temperatures now and and you, you you're a little bit humble you were talking about that lake murray event and you said oh we did pretty good you made the put you took home a check man yeah Would you, yeah, you placed good. fifth in that tournament correct yep yeah fifth out of i think there was uh 120 120 people there something like that 
fifth out of one twenty. That's that's a pretty good event. Yeah, it was considering uh, I had a bunch of stuff going on at work with state inspections and everything. Uh, I worked for a really large social services agency. So, you know, we're audited by the state now and a lot of different aspects. And I manage all the maintenance for the company. So um, I had so much stuff going on. I didn't get a chance to do any pre-fishing. I literally left Friday morning at like two in the morning, got to South Carolina at like four in the afternoon. Um rigged my stuff up and just hopped in the in the unlimited and went, went fishing um and it turned out pretty good what, what's kind of ironic is i think we had to cancel our first our first recording of this because you had all that going on and stayed in the building and everything like that if yep. there's anybody that understands it it is me because <laughs> i had state in my nursing home all week this week so they did their yearly survey they're in the building for like three days with the fine tooth Mm -hmm. comb and if you are any type of management or any type of director you are there from the time state gets there in the morning to the time states leaves if they get there at 6 30 in the morning you better be there at 6 30 in the morning whenever they leave at five or six o'clock that's when you get to go home so I understand completely because if we would have had this scheduled for yesterday, I may have canceled on you because we just got done with state yesterday yep. afternoon, and I am just I'm done. Even if they they didn't need anything from me and the therapy department, there wasn't you know every once in a while they need something from therapy, but they didn't need anything from me. But still, having them in the building just puts you on edge. For the whole week that they're there, even if you didn't do anything wrong because you yeah. know that they're watching you. And that's got to be an odd feeling because they're just walking around looking for people doing something wrong. And it's it's just it's weird. Like, I, I don't know if I could be a state surveyor. I, I don't I don't think I could go building to building and just check stuff out and write people deficiencies <laughs> and everything else that would just feel like i would feel like the bad guy all the time i don't think i could do it so if there's yep. anyone that understands why you had to cancel <laughs> man i completely understand about that yep. but we were uh you talked about that unlimited man tell tell me a little bit more about the unlimited it's had a, it's had a pretty good a welcome i didn't realize it until i was doing a little research for the show that that thing is 41 inches wide. I thought it was a little bit skinnier than that, but whenever you did your walkthrough video, that thing looks massive with you walking by. I'm sure you can walk and spin and do... Oh, yeah. Like, literally, someone could probably do a backflip on that thing. Oh, for sure. For sure. Yeah, man. I mean, I I was lucky enough to... um, Blake Young, the owner of New Canoe, he had invited me in to be on the design team for the Unlimited. So I really got to walk from, you know, concept all the way to finished product with that boat. Um, and it was it was an honor to actually, you know, be be called for that. So, um, yeah, getting to see the whole thing come about and have input on what should and shouldn't be with the boat. Um, you know, and it wasn't just me. There was a group of us. But, um, yeah, watching it go from you know, a wooden model into a poured plastic boat. It was pretty awesome, man. And I'm really proud of how it came out. And it is an absolute Titan on the water. It is a beast, man. I mean, you can do pretty much anything in that thing. You were talking about backflips and spins. You can do all that. Uh, I jump up and down I, you know, people, I, I'll take people out with demos and I'll get out on the water and I'll jump up, you know, two, three feet in the air, jump up and down on the boat. They're just over there shaking their heads. I mean, the thing is the most stable kayak I've ever been in. Um, and at 41 inches wide, I mean, it's it's basically a bass boat. You know what I mean? It's crazy. Yeah. It's it's 41 inches wide. It's 12 foot six. Yep. Um, the whole weight is only 84 pounds. Yep. It's um, very, very manageable by yourself. And you you run it? Do you run this one with the um, the pivot, or do you run another boat whenever you have to switch over to pedals? Yeah, so I actually it's <laughs> how much I boats? love it. I actually have three unlimiteds. Okay. Um, yeah, so um, one of them actually I loan out to a lot of people when they want to check them out and like take them out for a couple days. It's tough to really demo a kayak well in thirty minutes while some dude pushes yeah. you out on the water. You, you know need to I mean? fish off of it. Exactly. I tell people all the time, take this thing, take it for a week, whatever, go hammer on it, put it through its paces, tell me what you think afterwards. 
Um, so that one's hardly ever at the house. Um, it's actually right now with a guy that is um, a writer in a magazine. He's got it out doing some some testing on it. So, um, but the two that I keep here, I have rigged up completely different um, because I, you know, I, you know me. I love to run that motor guide. I have for a long time. Uh, actually, I had motor guide make me a 24 inch. Um, 70 pound thrust. I mean, a 24 volt, 70 pound thrust with a 36 inch shaft just for that boat. Uh, it's the only one out there. Um, it's pretty cool. It rips. Um, but then I get on the other side where, cause I like to fish Hobie events as well. So I throw the pivot drive on the other one and I keep them rigged up separately. Uh, just for the simple fact that, you know, I, I, I fish differently in each boat, you know what I mean? Um, so, you know, when I've got the motor guide out there and I'm running that boat, um, you know, I've got it set up quite differently than the way I have it set up with the pivot drive on there. Um, I actually run two 50 amp hour um, lithium batteries from Amped Outdoors. I've got them run together so I get 100 amp hours of 24 volt power, which is you can go from here to Texas and back, basically. Um <laughs> But with that 24 volt on the front of there, I mean, I, I can get, you know, 5.3 miles an hour or so fully loaded on tournament day. You empty that thing out and you're, you're pushing six miles an hour. I mean, it rips and you still have all the, the, you know, the creature comforts of home, like the pinpoint GPS where you can just get on the spot, hit the button and it keeps you there. Um, another feature that I use a lot on that is the heading lock. So if I'm fishing down the edge of some pads or a creek channel, you can just point that thing right where you want to go, hit the button, and then forget about it and start fishing. You know, um, and uh, and let me let me ask you a question. Let me jump in real quick. So sure. you, you're talking about that motor guide, and I had a gentleman. Um, he was over at my house last night, and we were just having a little discussion, and Matt was saying. He likes the idea of a front-mounted, um, a bow-mounted, you know, trolling motor. His only worry is on those bow-mounted trolling motor motors, when you hit something, they're not really made to go backwards, whereas if you have a Newport or Torquedo or something, if you hit something, they're made to flip up. Now, sure. have you had any issues with hitting stumps or any of the durability on the shaft or anything on that motor guy? And yeah. If so, how often? Because there's a trade-off. Like, you've got the GPS on there. I mean, you yep. you can control it back and forth. You you're getting up to six miles an hour. Like it's it's more manageable and more versatile than the ones on the back of the kayak. Yep. And so, how how do you feel about the trade-offs of you know maybe damaging it or have have you damaged one or anything like that? <laughs> Um, you know what? I, I mean, I know everybody expects the answer to be yes, but I actually have not damaged one, and I have hit just about everything but the lottery with one of those things. <laughs> um, I, I know I fish the Susquehanna River a lot um, down in Pennsylvania, and it's an incredible smallmouth fishery, and it's shallow. Um, and, you know, w one particular event I can recall is we were heading out for a KBF event down there, and it was dark. And I'm a moron. I like to go as fast as I can to get to my spot to beat everybody there, even if there's nobody around. As dark um, as it is, you still like just dark, falling? heading down river, wide open. I hit a rock and it stopped me completely. I actually flew. I was sitting in my seat. I flew forward and I landed on the head of the trolling motor, hit me right square in the chest, left a big bruise right here. And then I hung on to it so I didn't fly out of the boat. And that's a long way to go. <laughs> it, Yeah, I mean... <laughs> It, it, it was considerable and it was, you know, my own stupidity for doing it in the middle of the dark, but you know, I had a headlamp on thinking I got some huge spotlight out there, but um, yeah, I hit this boulder it threw me forward. I, you know, hit that. And the worst that it did was just chip a bunch of the paint off the bulb of the motor. Um, however, I have seen some incidences where people have hit things and broken the shaft. Um, Particularly, one dude came up to me when we were down at Cattle Lake for the uh, national championship, KBF national championship in Louisiana. Uh, there was a guy down there that had one on a Jackson Blue Sky, and I, I'm sure you know what those are. They're mm -hmm. just like a basically a big pontoon boat. Um, 
And this dude was a big dude. He was probably 6'3", 6'4", maybe 350, 400 pounds. Big dude. And he hit a stump going full speed forward, and it did snap the shaft of that thing. It can happen. Um, I've just never done anything more than, you know, chip some paint off of it. And like I said, I've hit a lot of things. Um, luckily, I've never been thrown out of the boat. Um, came close. I hit an alligator in um, Louisiana as well. Uh, that scared me because it was in like three, <laughs> like three feet of water, and it came right under me. I hit it like broadsided it with the motor and it thrashed it was going crazy it was pretty wild um but yeah i mean i've never broken it that one that i saw with the broken shaft down in louisiana um i think if i remember correctly that's the only one i've seen break a shaft i've heard about it but um i'm sure it's possible so, but i haven't so done it why do you go with the bow mounted uh instead of the 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 rear mounted so really, for for me, it's two two things. Um, I love the GPS lock in the front. I love it. If you're in a river or something, it points you up river. If you're in the wind, it points you into the wind. Uh, it keeps you safe, in my opinion. Um, you know what I mean? And the second thing that I really like about it, it gives me a lot of control. Um, and I, if you stand up and fish like I do a lot, I mean, I'm standing 99% of the time. Uh, if, if you have a rear mounted motor, you got to reach down, hit that lever, and then you got to, you know, a lot of guys run the foot steering. You can't stand and steer at the same time. Um, you know what I mean? So uh, I think the control is a lot better for the style of fishing that I do. Um, but if you look at someone like Russ Snyder's, they're more at home fishing with that rear mounted torpedo. He's got the foot steering. He sits, he's casting, he, you know, I mean, it's Russ Snyder's, um, you know, not, enough said, but, uh, you know, and then, but I think it really determines, or I think it really is determined by the style of fishing that you do. Um, and, and I, I also have, um, uh, Newport vessels, uh, motor for, um, my pivot drive when I'm practicing for Hobie and stuff like that, I'll pull the pivot drive prop off and put the new port on there. So I do run a, um, a rear mounted motor sometimes. Um, and it's still a learning curve for me, honestly. Um, I have to change up the way I fish when I do it. So um, it all, you know, if I had all my preferences, it would always be a bow mount. Um, you do have some sacrifices though. Um, you're adding that weight to the bow of your kayak. So you need to be a little bit conscious of bigger waves, rougher water. Um, second thing you need to be a little bit more careful about is, um, turning full speed. <laughs> you gotta be careful. Like if some, you know, a lot of times you might pull into a spot and cut that motor off and maybe you were coming in high and you just cut it off and went to skip under a dock or something while well, you turn that motor back on to turn and go somewhere else and it's on full speed and it goes hard left or hard right really um, quickly yeah and and i've done it a hundred times i do it all the time and it, um, it's usually when you're standing up that way because it's yep. like that on the autopilot too like if you yep. cut the motor off you cut it off at whatever level it was at so if you're at a level 10 or a level 7 and you cut it off when you cut it back on, it's at a level, yeah. level seven, and yeah. it moves really, really quickly, and it'll make you do, you know, the little wobble dance until yep. until you can cut it back off and get it straight and everything like that. For sure. Now, you, you talked about your style of fishing. Yep. Now, I was, uh, you know, I follow you on all the social medias and everything, and all the, the pictures that you've posted in the last two months, man, I've seen a jerk bait. I've seen a chatter bait. I've seen a swim bait. Like, what is what is your main style of fishing? Because you're throwing all kinds of stuff. I'm all over the map, dude. Honestly, like, um, you know, I, I'm always trying to learn something or make something that I think I'm decent at even better. Um, and this year has been really good for me, or last year, I should say. Um, I've got the the luck of a, of a good buddy who, um, you know, fishes some, some pretty serious pro events. Uh, in a in his big boat, and he's won at the top level all over the country. Um, originally from California, moved out here, you know, right down the street from me. And we partnered up on a trail series last year, and I've been learning new techniques with old baits and new baits with, you know, these new techniques. Mm -hmm. um, he's been like a master of all. Um, 
and I've really been learning a lot more on the swim bait game, which is fun, man. I mean, like anytime you, you know, I like to throw that, that depth's 250, that, you know, six and a quarter ounces, it's 10 inches long. Um, and it catches one pounders, which is weird, but, um, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, so, you know, I, I, I do try and mix it up quite a bit. I mean, one of my all time favorite things and probably one of the baits that I've won a lot of money on has been a jerk bait. I uh, always have one tied on spring, summer, winter, fall, doesn't matter. Um, and you know, th there's a, there's a technique for that for every part of that season, you know, um, well, chatter bait, you know, give us a little juice on that jerk bait, man. What's your, what's your favorite depth to throw that jerk bait at? So man, if the fish are in eight to 10 feet of water, you will catch everyone in the school on a jerk bait. I mean, that I, I don't know what it is. I don't know what about it is about that water depth. Um, but they seem to be comfortable in that water depth. And if they're suspended in 10 feet of water and six feet or something like that, it's even better. Um, so are you using that active target to find them in, in that, find the school I do, suspended yeah. and I mean, hitting, yeah, your, that, hitting your motor and then chunking that jerk bait. Yeah, absolutely. And I've got that uh, active target. I'm glad you said that because I got the active target on a amount that I made on the side, which is just some PVC inside of some other PVC and it holds it and you can spin it and look any direction you want. Um, and I'll get to wherever that pinpoint GPS locks me in. And then I can just point that active target to where I found the school. And, and I think the biggest takeaway from active target is you can see how the fish are reacting to what you're doing. Um, you know, you, you can throw a bait out there and they swim off like a lot. Yeah, like they're just like, like hey. yeah, no peace, dude. I'm out. I'll see yeah. you. You know what I mean? I'm just but trying like, to chill. Yeah, I mean, you can get them following that jerk bait and then change up the cadence some. And then it doesn't matter, you know, once you catch one or two doing the same thing, then you'll catch them all doing that same. You could shut that off and just do your own thing and, you know, move around. Um, but yeah, I mean, if I can find them like, you know, this past week uh, or the past two weeks, it's been cold up here. I mean, today was warm, it was like 50 degrees. But, um, you know, we're right in that. 35 to 40 degree water temperature depending on the depth of the lake and where you're at um so it's been cold you know average probably about 37 degree water temperatures um so the jerk the jerk bait bite is on fire right now here because you know they're just laying there waiting for something to come in front of their face but um you know it just seems like anytime you can find a drop off now that goes from you know four feet to down to eight to ten foot I mean, there's a pile of them on that drop off and you just work that edge till you find them. And like I said, I mean, right now that just seems like you catch every one of them in that school that's there before they, you know, before they shut off. So, um, yeah, I'm jerk bait, one of my favorite all time baits, especially when the water's cold. I need to get a little bit better about throwing jerk baits, but I guess I need to invest a little in, you know, technology too. I'm used to fishing for redfish where we're in like a foot of water two foot of yep. water tops and i don't i don't need any electronics but i i need to get i need to get some electronics but let's get back to talking about the unlimited a little bit sure i just realized i i'm here on the site that thing has 22 foot of gear tracks on it yeah, I think I think can, if you would break it down to the inches, it's like 264 inches or something like that. Yeah. And they're all aluminum gear tracks, too. Uh, we switched over to aluminum for this. Um, we used to have, like, the composite gear tracks to, you know, this these new aluminum gear tracks are all top load. Awesome. And you, you can, if you cannot figure out a way to rig this boat with all those gear tracks and everything available, like... Yeah. You're not going to find any other boat that is as riggable as this one. It's it's a pretty blank slate. If you're a tinkerer, if you like to do your own thing and put stuff exactly where you want it, then the new canoes, all of them, not just the Unlimited, I mean, all of them are like that. Um, yeah. It's a pretty open concept where you can, you can plug and play like you want. It's kind of a modular concept where you just have, you know, a blank slate where you can put stuff on. But what an, another thing that I think is really cool is you have a lot of people 
um, who are just getting into kayaks. They want to take their kids fishing. They want to take their wife fishing every once in a while or something like that. And they're like trying to rig up a, a cooler with a seat on it in the back behind them and their battery and everything else. But all of these boats have a very, very high capacity. I mean, you're looking at 400, 650, um, and you're able to put two seats on these things. Like, that, that's a yep. that's a pretty cool thing. And I also am happy that they made the the seat where it locks now, where you can buy. Do you have sure. to buy that? Is that, a, is that an add-on, buying the extra? Um, the locking seat for the yeah, locking. The, the locking yeah. seat. Yeah, so the, the, you can right now the boat will come with a 360 swivel seat. You can buy the uh, locking mechanism for it to lock it in, um, and a lot of people do like that just because if they're paddling a lot, yeah. the the seat is not shifting on them. Um, although you know they kind of made the 360 swivel like kind of stiff. You know what I mean? So it doesn't move a lot anyways, but it does swivel nice and easy. Um, but yeah, if you if you like to do a lot of paddling and you don't want your seat moving at all, they do have the optional uh, locking mechanism you can make for that. I mean, you can buy for that. Um, and, and I think that's one of the things. And you kind of hit it on the head. What is the you know kind of the the basic concept of the boat is it's open and it's really inviting you to do what you want on the boat. I mean, and. and Coming in, the Unlimited comes in at seventeen ninety nine, so it's not going to break the bank either. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? You get started in it. You I mean some some people will go all out and buy every damn accessory that's out there. <laughs> uh, one of my favorite accessories for that boat is actually the new canoe gear pod, which is a waterproof gear pod. You can put all kinds of stuff in that. I mean, I've got two graphs mounted to it. My active targets all in there. Um, I've got three lithium batteries in there that power my active target my graphs um my battery you know my chargers all that stuff all comes out of that gear pod um and it's wild man i mean you just undo two thumb screws and boom you pull that whole thing out and take all your gear out of the boat put it inside the truck and then your boat is empty and you can drive on do whatever you want um i mean the the, the endless possibilities of that thing are insane um and and like i said 264 inches of aluminum gear track like you said you, you cannot not find a way to rig something on there um and and you know when it comes to rigging too it also has um you know some access plates access plates on both sides of the seat access plates up by the bow so if you're running rigging there are recess spots for the um yak attack uh through hull wiring kits so they fit right into the spot. It's like they were made to go there because they were um, <laughs> just drill, you know, minimum holes. Um, it's set up to for you to customize it however you want. Um, and a lot of people, hey, I don't want to drill any holes. So they'll run wiring through the boat along the rails underneath. There's some uh, you can there's some eyelet rings you can run down through there. Um, and the boat also has the what we call the tarpon drainage system, which is this really deep drainage track, and the water just shoots out of that thing ridiculously mm -hmm. fast. I mean, like you had you had mentioned to it earlier. I mean, that thing is self bailing to 400 pounds inside the boat. You know what I mean? You can have 400 pounds in that boat, and that's still going to bail out by itself. Uh, it's got a 650 pound weight capacity, so um, you can load up. I mean, I load up. I I leave on tournament day. I've got you know 250 amp, uh, 250 amp hour lithium batteries. So together those are 48 pounds. Got my fat ass in there at 200 pounds. I got 13 rods that I always have on the boat. I never leave with less than that. Um, I got the two graphs. I got the active target. I got the trolling motor. I got like you know a big old tackle box full of everything you can possibly bring on a boat. I got you know, depths 250s hanging off the thing over here. I got, I mean, that thing is loaded down. Um, and you it probably got 350 right pounds at. worth of stuff. At least, at least. Yeah. With, yep. with the motor, the batteries, all your yep. tackle, all your rods, everything. Um, I mean, counting yourself, like you got 150 yep. pounds worth of extra stuff on there. But, For sure. Um, it seems like it's a really dry, uh, dry boat too. Is that correct? It, uh, it It's very dry. Um, 
you know, we kind of design that how it comes up and it flares out a little bit as it comes up to the top of the gunnel. So it really handles big water well. Um, and who everybody says, oh, I must paddle like a dog. It actually paddles surprisingly well um, for that boat. Um, it's got seven scupper holes in it. I mean, there's a recessed transducer. So you can put a, um, we have a, a spring-loaded retractable transducer mount that goes in the center hole where you can, it'll suck up a transducer on the hull. Um, and then you can drop it down when you're fishing. Uh, so that's really neat. But yeah, I mean, the boat is dry. Um, I've been in some pretty nasty stuff in it, and it's been pretty impressive. Now, is there much difference in the whole of the um, Frontier compared to the Unlimited? Yeah. So there's, there's a few main differences. Um, I want to say that the Frontier 12 is not as deep, you know, inside as the, as the uh, Unlimited is. Plus the Frontier 12, I think believe only has two or three scupper holes in it. Uh-huh. It, it doesn't just, it have has that, the two in the back. Yeah, so it doesn't have the um, the deep drainage, like the tarpon drainage system like the Unlimited does. Uh, so it takes a little bit more to get the water out of the boat. Um, and, and I think the bow sits just a little bit lower, and okay. it'll take a little bit more wave. Um, but, yeah, the, it, they both perform very well, but I would say hands down the Unlimited is is a is a better boat, in my opinion. And I only ask that because I haven't had the chance to paddle an Unlimited, but I've been in the Frontier, and after, and I'm not just saying this because this is a new canoe show, but after, like, four paddle strokes with the Frontier, I was like, Man, this paddle's a lot better than I thought it was. Wow, like this is surprising. This this is this has got some good glide to it for a forty-one inch boat. Like yep. this is this is pretty easy. So I was really impressed by that. I really want to get um, someone down here that has an unlimited. I want to get it on the water because for us, you know, salt guys, we were talking just earlier. We're fishing in a foot to two foot of water. Yep. And this thing has a draft of three to five inches. Yeah, you can get skinny in it. That's that's like my hand. Like, yep. I only need this much water enabled yep. for that thing to draft. You know, well, me being, you know, 250 in there, I may need six or seven inches to paddle it. But for sure. it to draft that skinny, man, that that can get you back to some lakes and things that you may not have – access before because you don't want to be walking through the mud because you can't get back yep. there in your boat yeah i know exactly what you're talking about right right over right over this yeah this window here right outside of that window is a uh brackish water um river runs out to buzzards bay i'm here in cape cod so um you know I'm in that thing all the time catching striped bass bluefish stuff like that and low tide this part of the river is mud. Like you just said, is mud, mud, mud. And being able to get skinny and get out to where the fish are at during low tide is huge. Now, do you have any other models um, other than yep. the unlimited right now? What else, what else do you have in your arsenal? So uh, I've got the, canoe? I've got the pursuit, um, which is another excellent tournament boat. Uh, that's actually our longest boat at 13 foot six. Uh, it's a little bit narrower, obviously, than the Unlimited. The Unlimited being 41 inches, the Pursuit is 35 inches. So it's a little bit sleeker, a um, little bit more nimble. Comes in right, I want to say it comes in right about the same weight, 82, 83 yeah, pounds. 82 I think pounds. That, yeah, so um, we got a 500-pound weight capacity, which is what I, you know, I always had. That was my tournament boat for a long time. Um, that Pursuit is awesome. Um, it cuts through the waves well, handles big water. Um, that I like thing how you definitely said it's, paddles very well. I like how you said it, it's not as wide, but it's 35 inches. Like, 35 inches is still yeah. pretty dang wide, yeah. kayak. Like, yep. you have to be very, very unathletic with no balance to not feel comfortable in a 35-inch wide kayak. Now, you know back in the day you were like a 32 inch kayak was a wide yep. kayak and that was when it was a little tricky like you could feel you found out really quickly 
what the secondary stability of your kayak was because once you sure. rocked one way, <laughs> you overcorrected the other way, and you were like, oh. Yep. Uh, yep. It, it felt like you were stuck on top of a stump, like, really often in those skinnier kayaks. But that one, like you said, it's a little bit longer. It's 13.6, 35 inches wide. It's got a 12-inch yep. height on it. But, again, it drafts in three to five inches of water. And it's yep. only 82 pounds. It has the little hatch up front, which is really cool. But if, you know, you want to go with the Unlimited, like you said, you got that big gear pod that you can yeah. throw in the front. And it, it has the draining in there and the same the same type of seat. Um, I can see where this one would be a little bit faster. Um, sure. Did you run the motor guide on one of these as well? Absolutely, yep. How fast were you getting with it? Um. I've only run the 24 volt motor guide on the pursuit once. And I think I was at like five, eight or five, nine fully loaded, fully loaded. Um, going. Yeah. So I, the reason why that happened was I was in, I was at a tournament in Connecticut and uh, there was a choice of lakes, either Candlewood Lake or this other lake called Lilanoa. And I went, I had my unlimited. I went and fished Lilanoa first and then I somebody had directed me to the tournament rules and said, Hey, cause my plan was to fish Candlewood the second day. And somebody had directed me to the rules and said, Hey, if you're in Lilanoa today, you can't go to Candlewood for seven days with that boat because it has to dry and they're worried about invasive species and stuff oh, like that. From Lilanoa to hear that. So luckily Lilanoa is three hours from my house. I drove home and got the pursuit <laughs> Threw it on the. I didn't even take the the unlimited off. I just threw it on the on on the trailer and drove straight back down. And and I went and fished um, Candlewood out of the pursuit the next day. Um, and yeah, it was. I think that was the first time I had the twenty four volt on there, and it was ripping, man. We all left the launch, and like pretty soon, I didn't see any lights behind me in the dark. It was like I was gone. You were just rolling. Yeah. You were rolling with it, and. There's also some some other boats from New Canoe. You got the F10. Sure. So is that kind of more of a, a river boat? Um, That's a great little boat, man. I, you know, river I, creek boat type of thing. Yeah, yeah. I, you know what I use that for a lot, and people laugh at me, but it is a great boat for like throwing in and out of your truck real quick and going mm. to different places. I mean, it only weighs like sixty pounds or sixty-two pounds, I think, but it's it's like forty inches wide. I mean, it, it's it's big and um, but I used to use that hitting the little bays around here, all the little back bays in the salt water, uh, just like, you know, because you can drag it and literally throw it over, a, a you know, a, a, um, a, you know, guardrail and <laughs> throw yeah, it down a, into the it's water only and then run down pounds. There, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and, and it's a blast because it's super stable. It's like having a little bass boat out there. Um, I actually just sold that to a guy right up the street not too long ago. Um, and he loves it because he's got a car and he can just throw that thing on top of his car or whatever. You know what I mean? It's only 10 feet long. So, um, and it's got, you know, incredibly good stability. Um, that's a fun little boat. Yeah. We've got a, we've got a few models. Um, another great boat, which, which I consider are probably one of the best river boats out there is our Flint. Yeah. That's 11 foot three. I mean, that boat is an animal on the river. Um, Excellent little river boat, uh, a little bit narrower. It's a 33-inch wide boat. Um, again, got to be right around that 60-pound hull weight. Uh, yeah, but it's set feet. up. It's set up to fish, man. I mean, it is like really, really fishable. Um, I don't know how you would describe that, but I guess that's the way you would describe it. Really fishable. It, um, it's convenient. It's it's convenient it with with fishermen in mind. <laughs> Yep, exactly. And it's got like four flush-mounted rod holders in the back, so you don't need a bunch of rod holders, especially if in the river, you know, you slap them four rods in there and you head off and you're good to go. Um, but yeah, that flint has really good secondary, you were talking about earlier, secondary stability. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I've gotten in some situations with the flint <coughs> that I've been in that situation, like, oh, I'm going to go over it. Oh, wait, no, I'm not. And then <laughs> you're back, right back to where you were. Um, yeah. Catches that say and it's able yeah. to take that gear pod too. Absolutely, yeah. The the gear pod is awesome, man. I mean, I wish it would fit all of our boats, but our some of our bows are a little bit different. But the Flint and the Unlimited share that same bow. Um, and the gear pod, like I said, you can just put a ton of stuff in there. 
I mean, if you're, I, I know a guy that puts, he rolls up his sleeping bag and jams it in there and he goes fishes down the river and he'll camp out for the weekend. You know what I mean? Um, and he'll throw his tent in the back and he'll just pull up on the side of the river, and set everything up, but he keeps all the stuff that he doesn't want to get wet in that gear pod in the front, you know, um, great for that. But I wish I had a picture of my, um, gear pod the way i've got it rigged up um, if you see that video you'll see it kind of i don't really go into depth but i should make an in-depth video on how it's rigged up because the sheer volume of what you can fit in that gear pod is insane yeah and all of these boats that we're talking about they're they're ready to be motorized mm-hmm. like they are ready to accept a bow mount they're ready to accept a stern mount um What's really cool is that the quick connect system. You were yeah. talking about taking the motor off and putting the pivot drive on. You don't even have to bring any tools to do that, do you? Nope. You just nope. pop a pin. Yeah, a little pin. detent pin, pop it and go. It's pretty wild. I mean, um, yeah, you can set up, like I was talking about my Hobie setup, and that's got the pivot drive. And, uh, you know, it's got the pedals up front and the pivot drive shaft in the back. Well, you can just pop that pivot drive shaft off and then pull the pin to where the cable drive goes into the pedal tower, pull that off, slap a Newport Vessels or a Torquedo on the back of that thing. And you don't have to do, I mean, that's probably 10 minutes, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, that, and then you're ready to go. You got power. You can go and you can make those long runs and figure out where you want to fish or whatever. But um, And all your steering stays the same, correct? Absolutely, yeah. yeah. So you, you, we have... Um, we also have a new accessory, our foot steering accessory. So if you are a foot steer kind of guy, we've got that now. Also, there's a handle steer that's mounted to the gunnel on the side, uh, which is what I prefer. Um, because, you know, I'm, I'm used to standing so much. I don't want the foot pedals there. So I'm always, you know, it's almost like a, you're a NASCAR driver with the shift handle, but <laughs> yeah, um, you just like, going, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I make the noises and everything. Yeah. Until um, you hit that rock, and then you're like, yeah, ah! yeah, exactly. So, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, pedal power, you know, it doesn't matter. Um, paddle, I mean, that's kind of the slogan, you know what I mean? Um, and then also it goes along with that. All of our boats will accept up to two and a half horsepower outboard on the transom as well. If you want to go outboard power, if you're getting way back in that marsh somewhere, um, rip that little the little honda 2.5 on that thing is insane you can go anywhere you want in that thing and then you know keep your bow mount on the front power all the gas all the way up you know 10 12 miles up into the river drop that thing and do your fishing or whatever and then get back quick if you need to with the with the gas outboard so um it's pretty wild i know it says you know rated for a 2.5 but you know, there's guys with the five horsepower. I've seen sixes and, and yeah, bigger on there. On there. Yeah. And man, I bet you, you get a, a six on there or something and you get it full throttle. I bet you it'll get a little squirrely on you. <laughs> Hold like, on. You, you may swap ends pretty quickly if you, you hit yep. something just right in that kayak. I mean, this, some people do not realize the limitations of kayaks, they still That's need to sure. remember that. A kayak is still a it's a lot lighter than anything yeah. made of uh you know in any small boat or anything like that and they still think they're in a tiller steer small boat it's not like yep <laughs> i had a solo skiff um and i liked the solo skiff but it swapped ends on me once and that was enough like i was yep. done i had a six horsepower tohatsu on there and it swapped ends on me once and i'm like okay yep. i'm done i don't need that in my life i will go back to i'll go back sure. to pedaling i'll go uh, i'm not worried about it but we're yep. we're talking about the pivot drive and we're talking about swapping back and forth and you're talking about you know your hobie rig for the hobie tournaments cuz they don't allow motors now how does we talked about this on on our last you know i think it was two episodes episodes ago with my brother how having a motor on our boat has changed the way that we fish a little bit whenever we're fishing saltwater. Now, you're someone who does both types of tournaments with both pedals, paddles, and motors. Does it change the type of fishing that you do whenever you have that motor compared to when you're using the pivot drive? Yeah, for sure. Um, You know, I changed my game plan up um, almost, you know, 180 from – 
taking the motor guide off and, and starting to pedal um, for a couple of main reasons. Um, when you're in the pivot drive, you're fishing, sitting down most of the time, traveling spot to spot, you know, you're casting, doing your thing. Um, normally I'd be standing, I've got the remote around my neck and I just, you know, reach down every once in a while and adjust the boat. Well, when you're pedaling, you got the, you know, you got to stare, you got to pedal. So you're going to be sitting down. So you kind of got it. You got to change the way you, you approach different targets. You got to change the angle you approach the targets at. Um, and I think one of the biggest things is knowing your comfortable range of pedaling to the spot rather versus than motoring to the spot. Um, the, another big thing that comes in with that time management, uh, you know, that just, a you know, a good pace on the pedal on the pivot drive on the unlimited puts me right at about 3.7, 3.8 miles an hour. Um, not working super hard, but a good steady pace. Mm-hmm. Um, something you so, can keep up for five or 10 minutes. Exactly. And then yeah. you switch and then, you know, your, your mentality, or at least my mentality of always having the motor on there is I'm doing five miles an hour. You know what I mean? So now I got to think, okay, now it's taking me longer to get to that spot. Do I have the energy <laughs> to, to get, get to, to that spot? One. Um, you know, and then do, do I have the the time correctly figured out to get back so when you have to get off the water by a certain time like we have to yeah you know usually at 4 p.m or whatever it is you got to be off the water you got to make sure you're managing that time as well to get back and get off the water because it takes you longer to get back so a lot of times i'll adjust my fishing to either a closer spot and try and figure that out better or not do a lot of the in-between fishing that I normally do when I, I normally I'll be running from spot to spot. I'm casting, I'm doing my thing, whatever. Um, you know, like sometimes like during a, um, one of the tournaments we were in, I was running to a spot and we were live streaming it and I was casting a whopper plopper at five miles an hour, just reeling it as fast as I could, trying to, you know, maybe catch one on the way there. You know, you're not going to be doing that while you're, you know, you, you know, I can't, I can't do that if I have a spot that I need to be at for a certain amount of time where I think, you know, especially in a tidal fishery like the Potomac River or where you guys fish, where the bite window is shorter because of the tide. Um, you need to be there for that specific time. So maybe stopping in between isn't, part of your plan anymore or having that opportunistic catch might not be part of your plan anymore due to time constraints and and being quote unquote slower um you know than you normally are so that that changes a lot of the ways that i think about or how i approach my day anyway so now are you one of the guys because i've I've found out that there's two type of guys when it comes to tournament day there's guys that are on the shore packing up the truck at 355 350 if you got to end at four o'clock like they they already came in they're putting their stuff in the truck and then there's those that are like 358 they touch their nose to the to the bank and they're like okay oh i'm good i made it i made it i made it which which one are you because there's usually like not really an in-between so i'm gonna be the exception there i'm usually the in-between guy um and and the only reason being is because 99 percent of the time i do have that motor on there so i can cover a lot of ground really quickly but as a rule of thumb i mean if the tournament lines out is let's say 330 at 329 i'm still reeling you know what i mean i'm fishing we're hoping for that last 30 second catch you know what i mean i mean take this into consideration at the national championship down in Kentucky Lake this past year, I caught a fish that upgraded me. I think it was like an inch and a half. And I took that picture with 17 seconds left to go in the tournament. Oh and wow! It, it bumped me up enough to like make me another couple thousand dollars. Uh, if I was running to the bank to go back and load my boat up, I never would have caught that fish. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so you did know, you I, I live to by the, the ABCs, always be casting. <laughs> so there you go. Uh, I like that. Yeah. So, so d- um, did you sing to him? Were you like, hey, 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 you need to chill out. I need to get this picture quick. Like, hey, relax. it was like, <laughs> it was like I boat flipped him. 
He came off in the air. I caught him in my lap. I slammed him down on the board. I'm holding him going, come on, stop, 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 stop. And he stopped just enough. I took the picture. I looked at the thing. I said, oh, it's good. And I sent it and it uploaded 17 seconds to go. <coughs> so seven, 17 seconds. Were yep. you were you giving it the death stare? Were you like, please don't move, please don't move, please don't move? It was one move, of those fish that just cooperated. You know what I mean? You all, we all get those fish that are animals when they hit the board and they're trying to get away. Like this thing just hit and was like, okay, you got me. Take the picture real quick. You know what I mean? And it, and it did, I did and I looked at him and I said, man. Thank God. I, I was going to say, the water and, did you think, did you think the yeah, fish? Were you like, thank you, fish. Like, thank you, fish crazy. gods. I appreciate crazy, you guys. Well, man, you got anything to talk about with, with anything from New Canoe? Well, I mean, you know, we've got, we're really, you know, ramping up our social media. I think, you know, we had talked about that earlier. Yeah. Um, you know, we're really trying to, to get out there and be more engaged with the community. Um, you know, I think we have some really incredible products to offer, some really great uh, features to our boats, and, and just some, I think, simplicity wins out with our boats, you know. Uh, simplicity and stability, I think, are our two greatest, um, you know, attributes of the boats. But, um, you know, if you haven't tried a new canoe, you've seen me somewhere, I don't care if I'm, you know, loading up, just talk to me. Let me get you on the water. Let me, you know, and a lot of our guys are the same way. They would love to get you in whatever model they have, let you check it out. A lot of our dealers are the same way. You know, they'll set up demo days. So keep that in mind. Um, but yeah, man, I mean, we're trying. We're trying to be a big part of the community. Um, we feel like we've got a really great product to offer kayakers. And um, yeah, man, we're just going to keep plugging away and, and kind of try and innovate some more new ideas into our stuff. And hopefully try and do some more changing of the industry. Well, we were, we were talking about the social media and I asked you, I said, Hey man, you guys got a new social media guy. Cause I'm seeing you all over social media now. Yeah. And I, I've been trying to tell people like reels, reels and YouTube shorts and stuff like that is the, yeah. that's the way right now. And that's where I see most of the stuff is a quick little reel, like on the pod. And then I'm, I got to hop on the website real quick and look at the yep. pod and then I find a video of it and it's just like, it, it takes you down a rabbit hole, but it takes you down a good rabbit hole for stuff that Absolutely. you're interested in. Yeah. And I think a lot of people need to jump on that reels bandwagon. If you're, yeah. it, it's easy, short content. I mean, one minute, um, and it's pretty engaging because the reels that pop up on my feed are stuff that I actually want to see. They're, mm -hmm. they're stuff that I like. Um, sometimes I don't have 20 minutes to devote to your YouTube video. But I'll sure. have a, a minute, five minutes when sitting there flipping through reels. Um, and it's it's been evident through whoever's taking a hold of the social media and everything for New Canoe that um, they're doing a good job, man. They're doing a real yeah. good job. And you said you were going to pass that on. But I just want to say did. I, they're doing yeah. a really good job. I sent that along to uh, his name is Brian Connolly. He took over and he has been doing a tremendous job, man. I mean, not only with the social media, but engaging our team um, a lot, a lot more. Uh, Brian's great. And of course, you know, you got Blake Young, the owner. He is like behind everything that we do 100 percent. You know, he has helped me personally on, on you know, and, and all different levels of my fishing sponsorship, the whole nine yards. Um, these two guys now combined, knocking it out of the park. And I did, I sent that, I, I actually took a screenshot of our <laughs> conversation and I just emailed it over to him. And all I wrote was word on the street, there you, um, go. you know, and, and they, they responded back and said, you know, it's really great to see that our, our plan is working out and, and that things are, are moving in a good direction. So they definitely appreciated the feedback. Yeah. And, and I'm not just saying this again, cause you're on the show. But um, I have my two old towns in there right now. I really love those. But other than the Good old boat. towns, the new canoe, the unlimited is what piques my interest the most out of any any boats out there right now. Just because the the versatility of it, and you know, you can add different things to it, and it will get super skinny, and it's Absolutely. not a beast to paddle. So I'm well here. I'm, I'm just really excited to get that out there. Out there. I'm gonna throw this tidbit out there for you. There's a chance. There's a decent chance that I'll be at Sam Rayburn in September 
So if that happens, come out. There we we'll go. We'll bomb around in them. Check them out. Do Let's your do thing it. in them. Whatever. Let's do it, man. Well, before yeah. we get out of here, anybody else you wanna you wanna thank anybody that you're working with that you want to talk about? Yeah, man. I mean, you know, we've got. I, I I've been really fortunate to have some great companies to work with. You know, Motor Guide, obviously New Canoe, Yak Rods. This this rod company I've been working with. They're dedicated to kayak anglers. We've come up with some really great kayak rods. Um, we I actually helped them design their jerkbait rod called the Rip Series. We've got a spinning series, a spinning rod and a casting rod. Um, so make sure you check those out. Those are great rods. Uh, you know, the bomb, bomb anchor has been a, a big supporter of mine since day one, and I use their their anchors all the time during the Hobie events. You know, um, Exxon Lures. I've uh, got a new sponsor this year, MGC Fishing. is a local tackle shop out here, and they are the like the New England swim bait connection. They've got all the juice. So check those guys out on mgcfishing.com. Um, you know, the, there's, a, there's a considerable list. The jerseys, my jersey manufacturer is awesome. Thrasher Sports Apparel. Um, Amped Outdoors, the lithium batteries are incredible. I've been running them since the very beginning. Um, won a lot of titles with their with their power. Um, never had an issue with it. Great customer service. A lot of people come to me, and then buy those batteries, and that's what I hear back from them the most. Thing it's like, dude, they are awesome customer service. To get them shipped out right away. If you got a question, you can talk to them. Um, cross kicks. I don't know if you guys have ever worn cross kicks, but in the kayak world, when you're jumping in and out of the water, or like you know Susquehanna River, where you're jumping out, you're wading through stuff. Those shoes are awesome. Uh, they dry out quick. Your feet don't get slimy. Um, yeah, man. I mean, basically, that's that's probably it. Um, and just the, you know, obviously the support I get from my family is huge. My parents, uh, my wife, my daughter, uh, my grandson. He he'll watch the TV waiting for me to come on. It's it's pretty cool, man. Um, so yeah, I mean, I I've been lucky. I've been blessed to to have a great support system. Um, and you know, I've got a couple, I've got a bunch of really good friends, but I got some, some friends that are on it every day, come tournament season right there, pushing for you, you know, you know, texting you, rooting you on. I love those guys for it. Um, yeah, man, I just got a lot to be thankful for. That's for sure. Yeah, man. Well, I am thankful that you came on the show today to talk a little bit. I'm happy to be back, man. It's been a while. Yeah. It's, I think you were on season two with us. Like, I so, think so. Have, yeah, season two. So we'll have you. I'll, I'll have you back on again, man. We we need to do this. We need to do this more often. Hopefully, we can do this after Sam Rayburn. Maybe maybe we can go fishing. You can tell everybody how bad I am at bass fishing, <laughs> and I can tell everybody how much I love the uh, unlimited. Whenever I took it out, and yeah. then we can do a show. We could do a, a a straight tripping show where we fish Sam Rayburn together or something like that. Yeah, that'd be awesome, man. I think uh, it's a Hobie event. I think it's in September. Yeah, I yep. think it's maybe the eighteenth, September eighteenth. I don't know why that. Sounds, yeah, I, I don't know that why that sticks it. out in my head, but I think it was September eighteenth that that yep. event is. But I'm sure some bro staffers can tell me if I'm, I'm sure. right or wrong. But Derek, <laughs> man, I really appreciate you coming on. Like like I said, we're gonna have to. Do this again. Bro staff, sure. if you haven't already, go check them out on all of the socials. Go follow New Canoe because they are putting out some some really cool stuff. But, guys, we're going to get out of here. We'll talk to you later. Peace. See ya.